0: Welcome to the Penny and Pops Podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. After reaching nine consecutive losses, the Magic find themselves currently on a three-game winning streak for the first time since February of 2021. So yeah, this team and fan base needed this right now. Better yet, Franz Wagner and Paolo Benquero are so far looking like the best players in the respective draft classes. Let's go. All the way, straight to- The seven-six guy. Here's Lewis turning and he shoots. Yes! With shot Here's Turgaloo for the win. Over! that's the winner for the Magic. He knows All the the clock. and yeah, he has it. by two. A for the second They're a high. Like that. Oh my goodness. Okay. We are recording this late afternoon, Monday, December 12th. The Magic are 8 and 20. No longer the worst team in the NBA. We're still third worst. So, from a tank watch perspective, we still have those 14% odds at the number one pick. But I don't care about that. We went from a nine game losing streak to our first three game win streak in over a year and a half. It's more like 19 or 20 months. So, uh, what was it February 17th, 19th, and 21st, I think, of 2021? So uh it's been a while since we had a three-game win streak. This is Franz Wagner's first NBA win streak. It's it's been that long. So um we are now seven and nine at home, uh, which makes us one and eleven on the road. So that one-one came in Chicago. So if you're gonna get one, that's the one to get, I guess. But since we're still technically getting their draft pick, uh we are starting to protect home court a little bit. Um, We're still three games off my 34 win prediction pace, but we can pick up a few more wins to finish off the calendar year. So we'll we'll see. Uh, It was looking really grim about a week ago, but now uh, not so grim. You know, I think my, my till right now, technically I have the magic on pace at 31 wins. I think I basically said like Mosley needs to get to at least 29 wins or above to, be comfortable going into the off season. So he's on pace for that at the moment. Um, I do want to spend time uh, talking about the last week of games because we were able to tend a few of those. So um, I hadn't been in a, a game since we went to that Warriors game a couple of years ago. I've yep. I turned, yeah, yeah, I turned down opportunities to go in the past, but uh, just so happened this week I got to go to two games. So um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm going to go back to last Monday and just work our way from there. So our last home loss or our last loss in general, but our last home loss was to the bucks last Monday, Penny, you and I were both at this game, even though we lost to make it our ninth straight defeat at that point, this is the game where kind of our effort consistency kind of showed itself or reappeared itself again. And I stuck around since then, I guess playing at home helps a little bit too, but um we lost that Bucks game 109-102. We weren't in this game until the fourth quarter. I've been listening. You know, I listened to every magic pod out there, I think, or at least the, as many as I can. And most kind of said that we shouldn't have been in this game. I kind of disagree a little bit with that. Um, or some saying like the score doesn't really reflect how the game was. Again, I also kind of disrespect or disagree with that. We were down four points in the final minutes and we missed two chances, two three-point looks that could have cut it down to one. And, you know, we never came close again after that, but we, you know, we stuck around in that game. And the title of this pod episode is the Bancaro experience is real because I really want to focus on Paolo and kind of, I mean, you have to include them in the Franz Wagner partnership growth that they're developing. Cause you know, we're almost 35% through the NBA season and, We have to emphatically continue to emphasize how good Paolo is. Uh, He just turned 20 years old, and he's without a doubt the best rookie in the league this season. More importantly, this past week has definitely proven and shown what he's made of and just how he may already be kind of that go-to stud that we were hoping to get with this number one pick. Um, Penny, I'll kind of yield the floor to you, but it's like, even from the get go, that first game in Detroit, it's like, oh, Paolo's good. But knowing what we've seen throughout our lifetimes, watching you know the magic and whatnot, like opponents adjust, like, and then it's all about really a, a player will really show themselves how they adjust back because you know even Franz went with this last season where it's like he had these awesome stretches and then he'd have maybe like a week where they'd be kind of. I don't even want to say like a slump, but you could tell like teams were trying to take the ball away from him. And then he would kind of re, you know, have another like big game here and there With Paolo is just like, he's pushing through it. Like the only type of struggle I've seen with Paolo is him coming off of this ankle injury that kept him out, you know, a few, you know, several, you know, quite a few weeks. So, um, or a few weeks. And so that's the only struggle is basically him, physically trying to get comfortable again and trying to get his fitness and form back to where it was. That's it. Um, I'll yield the the floor to you, Penny.
1: Yeah. Well, first I want to just quickly touch on the, on the bucks game that after, after some of the kind of poor effort performances, it was nice to see a game where, it very easily could have gotten out of hand. Uh, and it didn't, uh, obviously they, they couldn't come back all the way and get the victory, but to hang around and, and show that fight was a positive sign clearly as evidenced by the, the win streak, uh, you know, following it. Um, but in terms of Paolo, I think the, the biggest thing for me and, you know, we, we both touched on it at the started the season where it, it truly did look like he was a ready-made star out of the box, um, which is probably best case scenario for, for us. Right. Um, oh yeah. But the, the most impressive thing for me has been twofold. Um, I would say the first is that I don't know that he's necessarily had a great game yet. Uh, and, and his, you know, not going through the motions, but just as he figures things out and maybe not quite hitting on all cylinders, he's still getting 20 a night. Uh, and it's not like it's forced. Um, and, you know, advanced stats may bear something out differently, but it's not super inefficient, right? I mean, it's not hyper-efficient yet, um, but he, he's backing his way into positive 20-point performances, um, doing it a little bit on the defensive end, too, and I think the most exciting thing is, is the room for growth. You can, you can see the areas of his game where after he makes it through this season and has a full summer to train and focus for, you know, the areas of his game that he wants to improve at the NBA level. Um, man, it really seems like the sky is the limit here.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get through it here. You know, but, I mean, his biggest weakness is three-point shot. Um, And then the second biggest weakness might be his help defending, but like that's pretty normal for a rookie from the help defense perspective. Like that's just reps and just getting used to the speed and just the different things that other teams throw at you. But like, he's a very solid one-on-one defender. You can just look at how he stopped Kawhi in the, in the Clipper game when we needed to stop. Like he fucking owned his ass and this is a six foot 10 dude weighing 250 pounds moving, very agilely and i know is still trying to get back whatever to pre-injury self whether he'll ever get to that or not but still it's Kawhi leonard like he just hit a game winner against charlotte the game before they played us so um you know talk about that bucks game i mean look like i said prior to it like he still wasn't fully back coming off that ankle injury recovery like He's going up against the best player in the world in Giannis Adetokounmpo. And Gianni is the best player in the world. I keep seeing people thinking otherwise, saying otherwise. Even when he's not winning MVP, he's the best player in the world. And Gianni, a day before he turned 28 years old with this game, like he had like a normal beastly 34 points, 13 rebound game. Paolo finished with 20 points, 12 boards and seven assists. He really struggled to hit a shot, though. You know, he's 416 from the field. He had four turnovers, but he went through just some juggernaut defenders Yanni and Yanni and Drew Holiday and Paolo. He missed a few post up chances against Drew's kind of strong body that he normally convert. And then with Yanni, like I'm I I was sitting in 111 a for this game and I, I had some great angles of uh, of some of these drives and just some of. Both for Yanni and, and Paolo, but with Paolo, like he's getting to his spots in this game. He just rushed himself with his footwork that it just threw his balance and composure composure off, which has been rare for Paolo this season. But you know, that's just how good Yanni is, and that's just how good Paolo is that it took a guy of Yanni's caliber to throw him off. And it's never an effort thing with Paolo. Like it's never like I've never had an issue with Paolo's effort. Like he shot 12 of 15 from the free throw line in this game elite players get to the charity stripe the way Paolo does. And he's doing it a few months in his rookie year consistently where he's ranking like top 10 in free throw attempts per game. And Paolo just was not scared. He wasn't hesitant going up against that just active Milwaukee defense where other great players his age have or would show some fear. And that's a big thing is the mentality. Um, And we couldn't buy a shot in this game. Like we shot 36.6% from the field in this game and still hung around And we really should have won it at the end. Like Milwaukee, like left it the door open where we really should have won it. Like, if we could get any bench scoring from guys like Ross or Cole in this game, like we win. And without Wendell, it's been really difficult to replace, you know, Carter's defense and rebounding. But Mo Wagner, he showed up starting at center with those 19 points and 12 rebounds. He played fantastically with his brother Franz, who Franz, he, Again, kicked ass. He racked 25 points in the game, but the magic really should have won that game. But I mean, with Paolo, like from a weakness perspective, and I don't know if you you want to mention anything else, but like I said, you know, the help defense thing, that's just going to come with growth and reps, but you know, the three point shot, he's shooting 25% from the three. He's starting to find confidence again, his jumper these past few games that we'll get to here. But, um, you know, that's one of the things that he'll work on that in, in the off season is that three point shot. And if he can, and, and even in, during this season, it's going to get better than 25%. I don't think it's going to be that low by the end of the season. And, you know, if he's starting to hit threes, then y- yeah, good luck stopping him. Cause it's, it's just absurd already what he can do and what he's been doing. Um, any other thoughts on that or, or the, uh, or the, you know, or the bucks game, like with Paolo, like it's great. Cause even if like, even he's he's fairly unselfish because he's racking up like five, seven assist games left and right. And it's like, you know, he can work on his rebounding a little bit. Seems like our whole team can work on rebounding for the most part as far as boxing out goes. But like, he's not afraid to throw his body around. And yeah, I, there's not a lot of weaknesses in his game. It's really like that three-point shot, basically.
1: Yeah, I think, I'm, and that's, I think, might take the summer to real really refine further. I, I agree. I think the percentage will tick up. Uh, over the course of the season. But if if he harnesses that, there's no debate. He's got all three scoring levels down. Um, The only other thing I had, I don't know if you want to touch on it here. or We'll get into it as we go along. But we we have to talk about the in arena entertainment for the magic, Uh, the game presentation.
0: We can do it now because I mean we went to this Bucks game and then I mean we'll talk about the the second Rapture game but we can go now because I obviously uh you want to definitely talk about the uh, I, I in-game got problem entertainment yeah all right, let's okay. go I I'm I'm in my uh recliner of
1: rage here uh, I I'm a fan of tradition I think all fans of, of teams enjoy having unique traditions uh i didn't particularly love the magic time countdown from five thing but it has since become a staple uh and is i mean we've been doing it for like 20 years so it's kind right. of like held
0: at this right. point
1: i like guess but the now Scottie they're D trying days. to now that first of all okay i we have to agree that the uh the entertainment budget has been slashed across the board this year there's a number of kind of fill-in halftime shows including the bucks game where they They got like a a wedding band off the street to perform both pregame and during halftime and not even on the court, but performing from a a stage in the ozone. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, come on. But now aside from that, Mm -hmm. now they want to, they want to force a new tradition down our throats, which is that in the Amway center for the magic, we stand for the tip off. Uh, First of all, standing at at the beginning of the game, always murky, never know how long it's going to be until a made basket occurs, which is its own thing. Right. Yeah. And, and not great. which
0: Oklahoma City's
1: famous for at this right. point. Like they right. do that. I yeah. get that. Like that's their thing. And that's that's their thing. Uh, standing for the tip off. Kind of weird, right? I mean, we, we're standing for the tip. So we're standing pregame. And then we're sitting right back down as soon as the ball is tipped. I feel like we can just uh avoid that altogether and just keep sitting and clap for the beginning of the game. What, what's your take?
0: Uh I agree because it's, it's yeah, forced, I, it, it's very forced, and like a good yeah. chunk of the lower bowl is participating. I don't know if but it's even being, half, but it's like yeah, maybe like being a third
1: controlled to participate,
0: right? right? And, it's and then not... it's like you're literally just standing for the tip. Literally yeah. just the tip. And it's like, it's kind I mean, of a pointless. lot of people do a lot of things for the tip, but I'm not
1: I'm not I'm not looking for I, I and I and I I didn't participate. I have not participated in the tip standing.
0: Uh, I did not for the buck game. I did for that second Raptors yep. game, but uh, you succumbed to the peer pressure, my friend. I guess, but I okay, it, it's weird to me. I'm with you. I, I also on the know, singing, oh, sorry, continue. Yeah,
1: I'd, I'd love to know the thoughts of the listeners if they're pro or anti tip standing. So let us so know
0: a couple. So, a couple points. So, for the, the singing, uh, band, I guess it was a band, right? For the buck game, um, yeah. the pregame. It sounded fine to me while I was roaming around the concourse, but I mean, I'll, I'll believe you on that. But it, I mean, I think my dad even liked the band, but again, I wouldn't, we're not very musical folks. So um, I, I wouldn't take our, our thoughts or opinions on that. And then I didn't get to listen to it at all during the halftime. I was, it was so busy around the concourse, me roaming around, like even just going to, trying to get to the restroom. Like it was like, I spent the majority of the halftime hitting the restroom and then I had like five, not even 3 minutes to hit the gift shop basically real quick but um yeah i didn't hear the halftime so i couldn't i couldn't critique that but there's really only one tradition i care about is that the star wars intro for the fourth yeah. quarter and you stand your fucking ass up when paul porter tells you to like that's it man you fucking clap you stand for the fourth quarter <laughs> And that's the one Fair that you should promote. We're not promoting that now enough. Like uh, s- some fans do it, but uh, the majority of the building does not stand for the fourth quarter. I don't care if we're down by 50. Like you stand your ass up for that. Even if, even if we're getting our ass kicked, like that's the one tradition you need to uphold, not this tip bullshit. Yeah. And, and even if you're getting your ass beat,
1: you do that for Paul Porter because he has to sit through the ass beating. Like that's why
0: you stand up, you know? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Like it's, it's full Paul Porter respect. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And that's the only tradition I care about really at the end. So, all right. So buck game. So with the Clipper game last Wednesday, like I really wanted to see how Ban Carroll would, respond and answer after going four for 16 against Milwaukee. So we started that game terribly. We were down 32 to 14 after one quarter. And I know a lot of magic fans turned that game off. Uh, We have a, a nice second period and we only turned by seven at halftime. So game was back on, but Fultz, he had one point in the game. He only had four shot attempts. And then a few of those actually came at the end of regulation, including, you know, a chance to win it, but he missed a jump shot that he usually makes, you know, and then we went to overtime because of that, but he's shaking off for us. I didn't mind him taking that shot. It was a pretty good look. Would I have preferred him to get to the rim? Cause that's what he's really good at. Sure. But he missed the shot. We go to overtime. I don't know. What'd you think of the shot, Benny?
1: Didn't, I didn't love the shot, but I, as I remarked, I was surprised that, uh, in that situation, there was not a mandate to get the ball to Paolo just to have him earn his stripes in terms of being a closer down the
0: stretch. Right. Yeah. I I'm with you. And speaking of Paolo, like he made some huge plays on both ends late in regulation, both, you know, defensively one-on-one and then he, you know, he hit, uh, you know, he hit some shots and then, We ended up in overtime and he scored 10 points in overtime, including making six clutch free throws to win it. So, I mean, you know, Paolo for that game, he had 23 points on five of 13 shooting, 13 of 14 from the free throw line. Bancaro for the season is averaging 8.6 free throw attempts per game. Like he's consistently in the top 10 of that. And then he's making 25 percent or 75 percent of his free throws, which I think it's fine for a rookie like he's. He's on pace to be an eighty percent free throw shooter, and I'm—I'm I mean—that's—that's that's all you could want from a guy that, especially as he continues to get to the free throw line more and he just refines his shooting, like he's going to be like an eighty-some percent free throw shooter from the line, probably. Um, and he hits the clutch ones. That's the most important thing. Like he hits yeah. them when they really matter. Um, and I know they're on a minutes restriction, but it's really nice to see Paolo outshine both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um. Mo Wagner was awesome again in this game. He had 20 points. He had another double double, just some outstanding highlights and moments against uh, Zubac. Zubach. And it's just funny seeing magic fans now realizing that Mo Wagner is good when he was out for so long. He just needed to shake his rust off. Like he was awesome last season. He would have played more minutes than Bamba if we weren't tanking. And we better be thinking about resigning signing because he's a free agent in the summer and I would hate to lose him. I'm sure his brother Franz would hate to lose him. And you don't want to piss off the, the like a top two best player on your team. So Foltz, he's now played and started seven games this season since coming back from the broken toe. It may not always show statistically, but, you know, he's. He's still shaking off rust, and is a big reason, though, why we've won three straight now. Just just by being him as a point guard, where he's ra- he's increasing the pace. Like we're getting more shot attempts up in the game now because he's he's moving that ball, and he's going to reward you if you're running your ass off on the break, or you know he he's going to find you. And from a three point perspective, Markel's taken eleven three so far. He's hit five of them, so forty five and a half percent keep shooting those open looks. Like I don't care about shot form if it goes in at the moment, it's actually going in. So, you know, with that Clipper game, it was just a huge emotional win over the Clippers just to end the losing streak. I don't know what any thoughts on Clipper game or or what I said that I hadn't mentioned already, Penny.
1: Well, I, I, I think it set the stage for, for what came after it to get over the hump and get a victory for the first time. And, uh, nearly a month um the the minute restriction thing on the clipper side was very weird uh, specifically with regard to the overtime period and and bringing the stars back for a couple seconds
0: here and there but uh take what you can get yeah definitely um and we get to the weekend series with the raptors so we got wrecked in toronto the week before the raptors are also dealing with injuries, but they're going to get zero sympathy from, from us probably, Um, you know, Friday, Pascal Siakam drops 36 points. Didn't matter. Cause Paolo had an efficient 23 points. Franz, 34 points, a few points shy of his career high. He probably should have had his career high in that game Friday. Uh, The 34, I think is the most by magic player this season. So, um, I think Paolo had the season high of 33 against the Kings, I think, um, if I remember right. But Paul um, Anthony, nice little bench stretch for him. You know, he had 18 points off the bench Friday. Fultz, an efficient 15 points. Franz should have had 40 points in this game, over 40, but we just didn't get him the ball in the fourth quarter. Um, we should have beat Toronto by 20 on Friday, but you just we, we did enough to close it out, and it really shouldn't have been – as tight as it was we won by four and you know Ben Caro, who keeps writing history and writing records he just racked up his 15th 20 point game on for on Friday and the last two players to score 20 plus points in 15 of their first 20 career NBA games were Zion Williamson in the 19-2020 season and Michael Jordan in 84-85 and then You know, there's like there's more guys, but you got to go back to like the 60s and 50s even for that. So uh, that's pretty elite company and everything both statistically. And with the eye test, again, we're almost 35 percent through the season continues to indicate that Powell is going to be an elite player. And yeah, um, I don't have much more to say on on Friday, on Friday. Uh, Penny, I don't know if you got anything to say. Um, I'm assuming you agree that Franz should have probably had 40 plus points in that game.
1: Yeah. Uh, but a win's a win there too. And uh, I, I'm going to be honest, I did not think there was much of a chance that we were going to sweep the Raptors uh, and win the second one Sunday going into it.
0: Yeah. We were definitely talking about that for sure. Where it's like, I mean, it's, it's interesting how we're seeing more of these kind of two games against the same team, you know, either as a back-to-back or usually like a day off in between like we're seeing, we've seen it a few times already. I think we get it one or two more times. I know we're getting it with in, in Boston here later on this week, but um so anyway, Sunday last night, like I said we're recording this Monday. So last night, Sunday, Penny, you and I sat in the Founder Suites for this game. Thanks to uh NBA Top Shot and the Packs and Pinstripes community. Had a great dinner in the suite. Great dessert cart. I love the dessert cart. Um, great dessert cart. As, you know, I told you I'd, I'd been waiting like a decade to eat off the dessert dessert cart basically like I wanted that peanut butter chocolate cake so bad I it, as a media when I was doing media covered in the team like that cart would go by me so many freaking times when I would be upstairs covering the game and stuff and yeah it was basically like a decade in the making where I was waiting for that so uh yeah that 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 was almost worth it itself and then hey we actually won the game and it was a fun game. it was a great win in a game where the Raptors suited up nine players, um, Anunobi had played Friday. He didn't play this, this game. And the Raptors tried to muck it up. You know, they, they made this game ugly by just clogging the paint with their size and length. And, you know, they succeeded at it. It took, a, it took a while for us to really just kind of break out of that. But Scotty Barnes, he's definitely hurting. Like he could not stay upright. He's clearly hurt. He can't defend that well. Um, Fred Van Vliet, he was rubbing his knee in this game. He he looks like a very old 28-year-old. And I know Magic fans have been talking about getting him either through a trade or through free agency in the summer. I don't, I don't want to touch Fred Van Vliet. Um, do you yeah, we were talking about this uh off-air. And
1: uh it's that's one of those ones that I think is gonna be very, very uh concerning for whoever makes the decision to to sign him to his next lucrative contract there's a lot of mileage there
0: yeah a lot of miles a lot of injury issues and he's not 30 yet but like it's the numbers don't bode well for for undersized guards once you hit 30 for the most part especially if you got as many miles and as many injuries as Fred VanVleet does so and i know it's funny cuz he hit like 51 points against us in the or maybe it's more. It was 54. He's got the franchise record. Maybe I can't, I can't remember. now. I should have looked this up, but you know, in the, in the COVID season uh, where it was like a half empty arena back then, I guess Um, that's when he had that huge game like a year or two ago. So, but uh, he is far and away removed from that. Like he can still hit threes. I get that. Like there's a veteran presence with him, but I'm not paying Fred Van Vliet. I'm sorry. So, but we win this game by eleven points, and oh, it's funny because I mean they're hurting, right? Because you got Barnes and Van Vliet hurting. Nurse still is playing them each forty-one minutes in this game. Like it's he's he's mowing them down. Like he's pulling like a Tom Thibodeau with how many minutes he's playing <laughs> these guys. So, but we win this Raptor game by eleven points. Arguably, could have been more. Like there there was there were some nerves in that fourth quarter, well, especially in the third quarter. But in the fourth, there was some nerves a little bit there. But uh, Ben Taylor, the head ref. Uh, actually, I don't even know if he was the head ref. It might've been Kevin Cutler, but Ben Taylor's whistle would just kept Toronto in it. Actually. Yeah. Ben Taylor was the head ref in last night, but he blew a lot of calls in this game. Like he, he, he may like you pointed out how many times he blew the whistle and the other two officials weren't blowing their whistle that much. Um But faults, he, he had some shaky moments, you know, he had a few turnovers and then some weak passes in this one. Most of them, in the first half, but even a little bit in the second half. And then Cole came in off the bench and he brought his jumper from the get go. And then he did a lot in this game, man. He had 14 points, six assists, six rebounds, and that's just massive coming off the bench. Um, Mo Bamba also off the bench with maybe his best game of the season, probably his best game of the season. He had 18 points, nine rebounds, two big blocks and, I thought he got concussed when he had that collision yeah. in the third quarter, and I, we don't win this game if he doesn't come back. Like, do you do you agree? Because I think Mo, we needed Mo in there at that point because Moritz had picked up his fifth foul, even though it was stupid that Mosley kept Mo Wagner in the game with four fouls, and they did the same with Foltz. Like both Moritz and Foltz picked up their fifth fouls in the third quarter, but like, I mean, that's you know, I I don't see a future with Mo Bamba, but last night he had a huge game. Had a huge game, um, and
1: that's always the tantalizing thing with him is there's, uh, you know, the three balls getting stroked. He's, he's uh, finishing the dump-off passes with, with slams and and ones and being active uh, both on the boards and deterring people at the rim. So that's one of those games where he kind of puts it all together and, and really steps up big, um, but again... We're lacking the consistency uh, to to make it, you know, somebody that's probably part of the long term plan. But you're right. Uh, certainly, I don't think we would have won that game without his contributions.
0: Going back to the suite thing, so we were in, I think, Founder Suites 38, it's next to the City of Orlando suite. Um, we, uh, what was, other than the dessert cart and obviously the, you know, the people in the company we interacted with, like putting those aside, like what was your favorite thing about the suite? And it could have been food related. It could have been anything related.
1: I, I'm, I'm always a big proponent of uh free food buffet. <laughs> so uh, everything was actually pretty good. There we had a little, the fajita uh, setup was nice, but I thought the, the I was surprised at the comfort level of the chair. After sitting in some other seats in the arena, including like uh, you know pretty good location seats, um, but nice to have a, a comfortable leather plush uh, seat for my ass to to take in the magic game.
0: Yeah, that chair was pretty nice on my back. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'll go with the the fajitas. That was actually. I mean the food in general was all really good and uh it was nice to have Blue Moon stocked in there too. And they had some Mick Ultras and whatever and a whole bunch of water. But uh yeah, no, that was cool. That, that was fun. I could definitely uh I could definitely do that again. But um all right, let's talk Bobo a little bit because he's struggling a little bit now because opponents are kind of adjusting to him now and Look, he's still pulling off good games here and there, and he's still pulling off at least one amazing highlight that that just Amway center crowd just goes berserk for. He shouldn't be starting. Um, he should be like a seventh or eighth guy, especially as we get a bit healthier. But he's so fun and unselfish with the ball that it's just impossible not to cheer for him. But um, I don't know. What's your bowl-bowl viewpoints at this, at this time?
1: Well, I think the the particular role that he's in now, uh, along with his unselfishness, kind of does him a little bit of a disservice. It would be nice if we could uh, get everybody healthy and in their right, uh, you know, right, right place in the lineup so that he can slide into maybe a more aggressive role coming off the bench where he knows he has the green light to, to go ahead and do the things that make him such a unique player.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, he, yeah, if you have him coming off the bench as either the three or the four, like he's, he's like a go go gadget, like flying death machine when he's got the ball in his hands. And starters, starter quality defenders are starting to, you know, get some scales and strips on him a bit. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's great that he can do that dribbling, but he gets in trouble when he just, he, he, he's constantly kind of, you know, dribbling the rock a lot. But, in that regard, like he needs to just kind of defer to, to guys like Foltz or, or even Franz or Paolo in that regard. But um yeah, I Bull's gonna be fine. Like this is if it wasn't for like Shea Gilgis Alexander, I think Bull Bull would get like more of a shout for most improved player at this point. But and I think he should get more of a shout either way, because it's when you go from like no playing time to potentially being out of the league to now it's like, oh, he's he's racking up like 20 point games and stuff here. Like it's, it's crazy. So,
1: well, that's the important part too. I think to remember is he, you're, you're, you're coming from not playing at all. um And then showing these great flashes um and even more than flashes. um And now fans are probably going to expect a little bit too much, right? Like he's yeah, that's happening right now. Great. Yeah. He he's, he's, He's a unique player, so you, despite the size, he still has the weight issue that might prevent him being totally complete in that way. I do think the defensive awareness is something, again, with more time on the court, you'll see improvements there, obviously, as the, the physical tools to, to block out the sun, you know. But um, I, I think, especially for this season, just taking the flashes and taking the fun plays and all of the positives should be the, the focal point.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I mean, with Bull, it's we basically got paid to take him on from Boston and it's it's working out pretty nicely. All right. Let's talk Franz a bit. So Franz, who I think is better than Scotty Barnes. And it's I mean, statistically, it's kind of showing out out right now. And I think he's better than any other 2021 draft class player other than maybe Evan Mobley. But like, I don't know, Penny, would you take Franz or Evan Mobley? Because I'm taking Franz. Uh, I mean, we're
1: biased. So, you know, I'd go with Franz. I think it's we're we're benefiting too from Cade being out a little bit, although I'd still go Franz. Um, Evan Mobley does a lot of, again, unique things and and valuable things in today's NBA, but Franz does too.
0: I know people are going nuts over Jalen Green, but like I'm not a big Jalen Green fan. Like I think he's he's kind of on like the Trey Young spectrum, where it's like cool, you're gonna get all these stats, but like I don't ever envision you winning a championship as like a main guy, Whereas with Franz, like he does like freaking everything. And you know, last night he hit three huge triples in the fourth quarter that just kept Toronto at bay, and he and Paolo closed that game out. Franz had 23 points in the game. Paolo he got the 20 points pretty efficient Paolo also had 12 rebounds and five assists, including just those two jumpers that put the game away late, you know, at the end, like he had the one baseline jumper that was pretty tough. I think I can't remember if it was over Siakam or who it was, but then he had the other one where he dribbled from, from the corner towards the paint and he did a pull up. I thought he should have passed it to Foltz who was wide open, the free throw line, but he made it worked out. That's fine. Uh, but I'm not going to accuse Paolo being a selfish player when he, again, he's, he's racking up these five to seven assist games pretty consistently. So um Paolo's now scored 20 plus points in 16 of his first 21 career NBA games, which is astounding. And then Paolo is averaging 21.8 points per game on 45.5% shooting from the field. I already said, if he can raise that 25% three point shooting into the thirties, there's not much that can slow him down. And then, Franz is almost at 20 points per game. You know, he's just a hair under 50% shooting from the field and just a hair under 34% on three point pointers. Like he's both, these guys would have a chance for some all-star conversations. If the magic could sneak into the play in conversation. And I think they're about five or four and a half games out of the play-in at the moment. So not in the conversation yet, but if you keep racking up wins and these two guys are averaging over 20 a game during that time, like this Palo Franz partnership could be really freaking special. And it's already fun at this point. And they haven't even really built up their chemistry yet. Like it's still building. Like they're starting to really figure it out. And they're both realizing that like, they're the two guys that really should be running the show. Um, But they're not selfish players. Like they're just doing it all. Almost not really forcefully. Like I'd say Palo. And Franz can each have their forced moments. But overall, like, they're they're really just doing an awesome job. And they're 20 and 21 years old. And we may enjoy this for the next decade plus. Like, that's, you know, that's the amazing thing about this. Um, any thoughts on the Raptor game? Uh, I want to talk about Mosley here in a second. But uh, any thoughts on the Raptor game or any of the stuff I just said about Powell and Franz?
1: Well, yeah, I think the the chemistry will continue to grow, but the best thing I think so far has been the uh, very evident like mutual respect where uh, obviously Paolo is the number one pick, has some like uh, built in, um, but his coming, you know, I think players know how good Franz is. I think that if you're not around it, you might not know. Um, so it's been nice to see that that has developed the the mutual kind of admiration has developed so quickly. And, uh, it looks to be, uh, that pairing looks to, to be shaping up a a very bright future for us. So hopefully they can both stay healthy, uh, and that chemistry continues to grow kind of
0: game in and game out. All right, let's talk, uh, head coach Jamal Mosley here. So with Mosley, it's still pissing me off that, he leans so much on Admiral Schofield and Kevon Harris when you got RJ Hampton and Caleb Houston who should be getting those minutes and they're collecting dust often at times, like Admiral's still playing center still in instances, like it it's, it's really crazy. And that this was Mo Bamba and Moritz Wagner. Like last night we had that stretch where Bamba got hurt. And then because Moritz had the five fouls, like he had to throw, Schofield in it at center when had he just gotten Moritz out with four fouls than when Bomba went out, like Mo, you know, Wagner would have been fine for a bit there at least. So um that's frustrating. And then with RJ, look, the writing's long on the wall. Like we've had this conversation. Hampton is not playing unless there are a lot of guards out hurt. Because with Fultz and Colbeck, even with Suggs and Gary Harris out, like RJ isn't getting meaningful minutes and He's not going to get many fill minutes till we trade him at this point. Um, and with Houston, I know he's a rookie, but he's a solid player on both ends right now. And play the kid, like let him get some jump shot consistency going. Like he's got a beautiful stroke of a shot and Suggs concerns me in general because Suggs' ankle pain has given him, you know, has given me Grand Hill nightmares and Jalen, he had surgery on that same ankle in the summer and it sounds like it's never been right. Like he's feeling pain, discomfort, whatever. He's not practicing. Like he could be out a long time. And then with Mosley, like it's still us playing a lot of zones still. Like he, he did it a lot in the bucks loss. Like I know we came back, but it had nothing to do with that zone. Like Milwaukee was missing wide open threes that they, they bury like that. They easily bury. And I don't know any other Mosley stuff that I didn't point out or something you want to add to the Mosley stuff. Like I'm glad he won that challenge last night. Like, <laughs> nurse did that early challenge. And then Mosley was like, yeah, hey, I'll challenge early too. And nurse lost his challenge and Mosley won his challenge. But you know, hopefully thankfully we didn't need it later on in the game. Cause the league is, doesn't give you your challenge back even when you win a challenge.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I echo the same thing. I, we were talking about this yesterday too. I, for as good of a guy as Admiral Schofield is, I don't see a pathway to him being a, a you know, fully guaranteed uh, full-time member of the team next year in one of the 15, you know, roster spots, not on a two-way. Um, and again, with Kivon too, he's shown flashes we talked about, I think last episode, like Uh, The, the maybe like dynamic athleticism that we thought we might be getting isn't quite there. Um, The scrappiness is there. But I also think that Caleb, uh, as a second round youthful second round pick has that same kind of tenacity um, to earn his spot. Um, and, and again, if we're, if we're picking and choosing who to give developmental opportunities to, it really seems to make sense to, to give them to players that you might be more invested in or seemingly more invested in. Um, so it's always kind of a head scratcher, uh, with regard to those two guys getting playing time over Caleb Houston, uh, RJ ship has totally sailed for sure.
0: All right, so, uh, yeah, that was the Clipper game. We're on a three-game winning streak. It's or that was the Raptor, the second Raptor game. Like that, we're on a three-game winning streak, and it's pretty nice. So, net, we next play Atlanta to finish off this five-game homestand on Wednesday. So we have two full days off to prepare for a Hawks team that's teetering a little bit. I know they're six in the East, but they don't have Dejounte Murray. There's some weird Trey Young, Nate McMillan uh, awkwardness. I'll call (laughs) it at the moment. But they do have Bogdan Bogdanovich back, who is finding a shooting form again fast. Like there's still there's still inconsistencies, but like that's gonna be interesting to see how most likely Franz would be guarding him. Like, I'll be curious to see how, how he does there. Um, I'd like to see Fultz against Trey Young, that'll be fun. And then, yeah, I mean we have that weekend back to back after that in Boston, you know, Friday and Sunday coming up, and I just I can't wait to see Paolo versus. Tatum. I can't wait to see Franz versus Jalen Brown because you can make some duo comparisons already with those Celtics. You know, when you look at Paolo and Franz, like you can kind of see some Tatum Brown similarities a little bit there. Um, And then it's a rough second night of a back to back against the Hawks again in Atlanta next Monday. So I would say you want to see the Magic win one of these next four games, but it wouldn't shock me, honestly, if we go two and two and either beat the Hawks twice or surprise the Celtics in one of those Boston games. But, you know, that's what happens when you win three straight games. I guess you get a little optimistic, but I mean, like, that's how high I am on this Paolo Franz duo. And then Foltz, I think, is going to be fine. He just needs to keep getting reps in and. He's figuring it out and we're playing better with him. Like again, him individually, statistically, it might not reflect it every game, but Markell makes us a lot better on both ends of the floor. And then if you get Wendell back, like who knows what we're going to look like. Um, Cause then you have two winnable games at Houston and then home against the Spurs leading into Christmas, where then you have three full days off leading into the Laker game on the 27th. So you get some rest, you get some practice in there. Like it, you might get a few bodies back. Like, I don't know the planner for thing with Wendell is scary. Cause it, again, it, it's, it's an indication of being overworked. Um, so who knows how long he's going to just have to be off the floor. Um, and then you have Jonathan Isaac floating around Lakeland for practices and stuff. Who knows if we see him in a few weeks, in a few months, I don't know, but he's floating around in the background. Chuma still out. Um, Suggs again could be out a while, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on the road ahead here, Benny? Uh,
1: well, wait, w- the the script has flipped now. Right? Uh, it's possible that we might be too good for our own good now as we get bodies back, uh, and they continue to kind of gel together and, and uh, get more comfortable. You never know what you're going to get night in and night out. Um, but Paolo's going to get better every game. The connection that they have in the front court is going to get better every game. To your point, despite Markel's individual stats, he's uh, a net positive for everybody else on the floor. Uh, it, It could get interesting. How interesting do we want it to get? I think we've talked about the, the team hasn't put any aspirations on making the play in like publicly. I don't think basketball operations, cares either way. Um, the fans are an interesting thing because you know you see the prizes you get for winning the lottery. Um, it's going to be really interesting moving forward. I think we, uh, we might start to ascend the standings a little bit and maybe more than we uh, even want to or, or thought we could
0: the fans definitely do not want to see tanking. At least the ones paying money to go see them, because they're 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 dying so badly for this Magic team to, to just win consistently. Like you know the Bucks game. I mean, all these games, I'm sure. But like the Bucks game, we were at the second Raptor game, we were at. Like the crowd's into it. Like the crowd really is just like urging these guys on to just to just play hard and compete and and just try and just not tank. Like that's the thing, you know effort has not been an issue in the past week that's that's important and look i don't believe in the tanking thing like we already you know, like we got palo like that was the tanking price and look we can continue just try to just continue playing your best players play you know your actual rotation guys and not lean so heavily on the g league guys that you shouldn't be relying so much on and just play it out because you know what you might end up in the play-in chatter and who gives a shit if we land in like the eighth or ninth you know best odds of the lottery because guess what for the past year you know ever since the new lottery formats come out there's always been a team around eighth or ninth that hops into the top three like or top four or whatever like that happens so just play it out and you know and also the bulls aren't good right now like you have a chance of getting the bulls pick too. Um, I know we're all trying to go after, you know, we're all hoping, I guess that if you do land in the lottery that you're going to end up with the first or second, so you can get Victor women, or scoot Henderson, but like, just, just play it out. Like you got your studs right there. You've got Paolo, you got Franz, and then you got some really freaking great pieces in Wendell. And I consider Markella really great piece as well. And then a few other supplementary pieces that may or may not be amazing. Let it play out, man. Let these guys play because you're not going to know what you have if you keep trying to tank. And now that we're getting healthy again, there's really no excuses to, you know, to not play your best lineup. So I'm there with that. Anything else for you get out of here, bunny. I think we've said it all and we've done it all. And let's keep the win streak going. Yeah, no, let's kick Atlanta's ass. I want to see Trey Young cry and bitch and moan. So, all right. We appreciate listening to another episode. Please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. It helps our podcast ranking a lot. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Stroud. Let us know if you stand at tip off. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Let us know what other traditions you like. Uh, and I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. With that, take care. Let's go magic.